pretty guys, sometimes it's never good. But the truth of the matter in this game is you take them how they come. Good move by Heineke and out of bounds inside the five. Heineke with protection. Clark breaks free! Okay, you stuck together. You do things that you needed to do. But there are a lot of things we got to correct, a lot of things we got to get better at, and that's the truth. What a play. This is the Pound for Pound Podcast. Welcome in to the season finale of the Pound for Pound Podcast, wrapping up the 2021 NFL season. Uh, Washington football team finishes with a record of seven wins, 10 losses, and failed to make the postseason, finished third in the NFC East. Uh, and the division saw two two teams go into the playoffs, the Cowboys winning the division and the Eagles getting the last wild card spot uh, in the NFC. And that is, uh, it's, kind of, it's, it's a hard pill to swallow uh, considering where we were uh, after, uh, what is that, it was week 13, um, after the win against the Raiders. Um, and it's kind of a good segue into what I wanted to talk about in today's episode. Um, first things first, uh, thank you guys for listening to, to my podcast this season. Um, I started off this uh, podcast after week two of this season, and um, I was you know, pretty consistent with it, uh, doing an episode a week. And then, um, you know, just to be honest with you guys, I, I got COVID um, after the, I think it was the Tampa Bay game or something. Uh, no, not even, not even recently it was, um, after the, the bye week, um, I made a couple more episodes and then, um, I got, uh, COVID, uh, in the beginning of December, I think it was, I honestly, I don't even remember at this point, like the middle of December, I think it was. So I, I, I really didn't want to make episodes then. And that's when we got into, that's when we hit, um, got devastated by injuries and also by, uh, COVID running wild, uh, through our team and a lot of players getting sick. Um, and then that's when the four-game losing streak happened where we lost to the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Cowboys, uh, then the Eagles again. Um, we entered the you know the, the final stretch of games, those five games, which we all knew were very pivotal going into the end of the season. And we were really banged up and we were losing games. And then, you know, my motivation levels dropped a lot, you know, during those because you know it's hard to watch your team um, lose four in a row, especially after winning four in a row. You know we we and and I, and I want to break up the season kind of into that. So like during this off season, we're gonna really dissect what went on during this season, and I kind of want to take it like segment by segment. So uh, just a little preview, real quick. The uh, first four games of the season, I'm gonna do with those games. That's the Chargers, uh, Atlanta, Buffalo. And week four was Atlanta, those four games. Then I want to do the four-game losing streak right before the bye week. Then after the bye week, the next stretch of four games, which was uh, Tampa Bay, uh, Panthers. Then it was uh, Seahawks and Raiders. And then the final stretch, which is five games, which was the divisional games, which were which ended our season, essentially. So that's what I want to do. We're really going to dissect it. And I think I want to do, uh, do it like that. So divide it up into four parts. So four quarters, um, and and that leads me into um, what this off season is gonna look like. Um, but first, first of all, I just want to thank everyone uh, that's listening to my podcast right now. Uh, it was the first year I ever do something like this, and it, I'm not gonna lie, it's 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 harder than it seems, you know, uh, to come and sit on here and 
try to talk and try to, you know, engage with people through this platform and try to get my voice heard. So, you know, this is just the beginning and I don't plan on stopping the, the, the cold stretch where I wasn't making any podcasts. It was, it was definitely, you know, a lack of motivation, especially if we were losing, but there's something that we're just going to have to get used to, especially as Washington football fans. Um, there's always going to be some, uh, there's always stuff going on with our team. So there's definitely always going to be stuff to talk about. This off season is going to be packed. It's going to be uh, full of, we're definitely going to make a lot of episodes um, because the season is going to be, uh, next thing you know, it's going to be right around the corner again. Next thing you know, it's going to be end of August, beginning of September, and the season's going to be started again. So there's going to be stuff to talk about. And that leads me into uh, what this off season is going to look out look like um, for these games that I was for this season. I made an episode a week. I was making one episode a week. Uh, that was my game plan. Um, obviously, there were weeks where I didn't make any uh, episodes like the bye week. And then this stretch of games where we lost a lot four in a row. I didn't make any episodes. I didn't make any episodes uh, during this stretch because, you know, I, I knew our season was over. And, and we were just so devastated by injuries. It was just uh, a serious, uh, you know, fall from grace, essentially, and a, 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 a tailspin out of what was a promising season, you know, when we were 500. Um, and I didn't get to make episodes every week. So the off-season podcasts are, the, you know, there's going to be a, there's going to be a, a quiet period from, for this season, because, you know, when the after the Super Bowl, there's going to be you know uh, a quiet period where there's going to be not a lot of stuff going on, so it might be a little hard to make videos, uh, especially trying to cover what's going on. But I'm thinking that making an episode, uh, one episode a week is still good. Um, some weeks it might be one, or some days it might be one episode every two weeks. Uh, just going to be trying to gauge it out and feel for what's going on when. And this week is going to be a lot of stuff going on. Uh, we're going for the name change. The name change is literally right around the corner. The name change is scheduled to be announced February 2nd. Uh, there are so many, you know, front runners, leaks, uh, information going around saying that the games are going to be a certain thing. Uh, the names are going to be a certain thing. Um, but there's so many names floating around there right now. So I want to be able to cover the entire name change process. Like I said, it's scheduled for February 2nd. There's, you know, uniform leaks coming out. Not even leaks, but, you know, uniform previews, uh, the whole uh, changing the name, you know, uh, storyline that's going around, uh, the episodes that they're airing. Uh, the You know, the marketing team is having a blast with this and they're drumming up uh, excitement for the name. And that's, you know, that's what they're supposed to do. You know, as you know, the as the marketing teams, they're supposed to, you know, make people excited, get people to engage with it because, you know, the season, it is what it is and it ended how it ended. So this is something to look forward to. So February 2nd, we're going to be covering it. Once the name change happens, we're going to be on top of it. Uh, make an episode, you know, instant reaction to the name. I don't know how I want to do it. Maybe I do it a live reaction to see what it is. And that might be interesting. Uh, let me know what you guys want to see in regards to that. Uh, next thing. As long as um, people keep sending in their questions, I want to keep doing the voicemail hotline segment. Uh, I find it very, you know, engaging to be able to listen to what you guys have to say and what you guys want to have questions for. And 
I'm down to answer the question as long as they keep coming in. On today's episode, we're going to be answering a question where we talk about the future of the quarterback position. Uh, the last uh, episode, I did a voicemail hotline question, or a couple episodes ago, I think it was, we answered what was Taylor Heineke's future and what it was for him in Washington if he, the future was here as a, as a starting quarterback. And that was during the four-game win streak. You know, We were all excited. Me personally, I was excited as well. I mean, I can't, I can't sit here and lie. Now it's looking a little different. We we see we essentially got an entire season of Taylor Heineke. So I want to talk about that again today. Readdress it with today's uh, voicemail hotline question. Um, and like I was saying, there's going to be the quiet period after the playoffs. So it it might need it might need a little break there where it's a little quiet. But you know, Washington's already. Already, you know, in the works, you know, with free agents bringing their guys back. That's definitely something I want to talk about, too. So there's going to be stuff to talk about. And we're going to make quality episodes where, you know, we're going to talk about some very important stuff going because this team's future is bright. I still believe that we are going in the right direction. Last season was like a good way to say it is last season. We took two steps forward this season. We took a step back. There's still one step forward from where we were. So. Uh, I also want to do positional rankings from where we go through each position group, you know, quarterback, receiver, tight end group, the linemen, the defense. We're going to go through the safeties, then we're going to go through the corners, then linebackers, then the defensive line. It's going to be uh, in maybe we do one of them every episode or maybe we do it all in one big episode. I'm not sure yet, but we're going to look at each group and how they perform during the season and give the group as a whole a grade. I wanted I was thinking about doing it with one like one grade per player and go through every player but i mean that's going to take forever so i think it would be better to just group it all into positions and just work at it that way and then when draft season approaches where you know the draft should be what mid-april i think that's when it is and i want to i want to look at our previous draft class so we're going to do a 2021 draft class recap where we go through our rookies this season and grade them out uh just quick you know no no preview for that this draft this draft class uh 2021 it was we it was one of our weaker drafts there wasn't really a, a standout amongst the draft class which is very unfortunate the draft class showed a lot of promise um you know during the draft season we were i was excited excited for jamin davis i was excited for the prospects and the idea of him you know, manning the linebacking position with Kohoka behind that defensive line. I thought he was going to take this defense to the next level. Jamie Davis came out slow and he, and he struggled throughout the season, but you definitely saw some flashes. And as in terms of the rest of the, the group, there were, you know, contributions from receiver like Dami Brown were very minimal. Benjamin St. Jude's contributions were very minimal. So like I said, we're going to talk about it um, as we approach the draft, which is right around the corner too. And, after the draft, we're gonna. I mean, um, we'll, we're gonna work on a free agency preview too, where we look at what I believe to be the positions of need and look for names that I want us to target in free agency, and more importantly, names I would like to bring back. Uh, Washington football team is, you know, one step ahead of me as always, and they're already, you know, targeting uh, to bring back uh, Charles Leno, which they already did, bringing back Bobby McCain, J.D. McKissick. These are players that they want to bring back, and they're already on. They're already working on it, so that's going to come out very soon. 
and then it's draft season, and then we're we're right into OTAs, right into voluntary uh, training camp, and then into OTAs. Then boom, we're back into the preseason and right back into what should be an exciting 2022 NFL season. So that was just you know some preliminary stuff I wanted to get out of the way before we hopped into today's episode. Uh, today's episode is going to be you know really quick. I just wanted to recap what you know what was going on this last couple couple weeks and what's gonna what the future of this podcast is gonna look like. So let's get right into it with today's voicemail question. Hey, LB. So I was just wondering if you're in, if in your opinion, you see the Washington football team taking a quarterback this year in the draft. And if they do, who would you like them to take? Thanks. So once again, the quarterback position continues to be a hot topic for this team. Once again, like it is every offseason. And in my opinion, I think it's time now for us to really, really attack the quarterback position. Last season in the in the off season, they elected to not draft a quarterback. They were not in a position to uh, get any of the QBs because uh, they were taken before them, and they didn't they didn't fall in love with a guy to go up and get him. They could have got you know maybe Justin Fields, but they needed to go up to get him, and they didn't feel comfortable doing that. And then they preferred to maybe even look into when you know free agency when Stafford was available. I know that they went hard and they were aggressive after Matthew Stafford, and it was you know down to the wire between us and the Rams and he, the the Lions liked what the Rams had to offer more than what we had to offer and they sent them off to Los Angeles. Now we're finding ourselves back in the same position we were in last season with Kyle Allen, Taylor Heineke on the roster and not knowing what the what the future holds. In the beginning of the season, I was fine with us going for the veteran um, but I do not, and the veteran being Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I do not think that this that that, that this offseason we can do that again. Uh, that's just because we already saw what this team is with Heineke at the helm. And it's, it's look, Heineke, it, it is what it is, and he is who he is. He's not a starter in this league, but he's a damn good backup. And he won't ever have to worry about finding a job in the league again. He will be employed in the NFL, and he's shown teams that he can be an NFL QB. He can win games in spurts in small doses for a team and he will be employed and he will be a, a player in this league who, who for years to come, not even just only in Washington. So I think with Heineke, we have to go into the season with him being our number two. And that leaves us in the position of, are we going to draft a QB or are we going to go towards the free agency route? And the free agency route does not have, is not, it's not that nice. The, the options are not that good. We are in, there's there's no one that really excites you in the free agency pool uh, in, in terms of like being able to trade for trade for somebody um, that also might be an option. But the, the problem with that being is that there are the QBs that are going to be available that are quote unquote available are not going to leave their teams. Personally, I don't think Baker Mayfield Baker Mayfield is going to stay with Cleveland. He's a name floating around. Russell Wilson is 100% going to stay with Seattle. Look, Russell Wilson, say what you want about how he played this season. He's still going to be a damn good quarterback for the next five to possibly even 10 years. If He could probably play until he's 40 at a high level. I just think that the the, the best option for us would to 
will be to get the young guy in the draft, whether that be hopefully Kenny Pickett, who I'm who honestly is my favorite quarterback in the draft. Whether we go for a day two quarterback like Sam Howell or Matt Corral, the the problem with that with that thinking, however, is that these quarterbacks they don't get pushed back in the draft. The quarterback position is so scarce, and teams are desperate for their signal callers that quarterbacks every single season get pushed up. No matter no matter what you no matter who they are as a player, because they play the quarterback position, they will be moved up in during the draft process. They will end up being first round quarterbacks. Prime example in that 2000, in 2019 draft class where Kyler Murray was the clear-cut number one pick. He was honestly the only quarterback deserving to be a, in the first round, but the draft class saw three quarterbacks go in the first round. Uh, the second quarterback being Dwayne Haskins, or well, no, the second quarterback being Daniel Jones, right, from the Giants, and then which he had no business being a first-round pick, and then Dwayne Haskins, who was a borderline first-round pick, uh, when we picked him at 19, uh, you know, he should have probably went later in the in the draft in the round, maybe even day two in the second round, uh, just because he only had the one year of production out of Ohio. But, you know, we were and we didn't even want him. The coaching staff that was in charge at the time, uh, the the uh, Jay Gruden and and company, they didn't want Haskins from the get go. And we were forced to draft him because Daniel Snyder, our owner, stepped in and said we needed a quarterback, and he that's who we wanted. And we ended up making a bad pick, and we all know how that unfolded. So these quarterbacks, even if they aren't the best talents, they always go in the first round. So there's people saying that Kenny Pickett is going to be able to go in the second round, or you can get him day two, early day two, back end of the of the of the first round. Impossible. Kenny Pickett will be a top ten pick, and. Us, even us picking at 11, uh, I don't see us being able to draft Kenny Pick unless we go up and get him because a team like, for example, the Giants, the Giants have two first round picks. I don't know if they're necessarily sold on Daniel Jones and, oh, sorry about that. And I don't know if they're sold on Daniel Jones where they'll, where they'll pass up on Kenny Pickett. Um, other quarterbacks to keep an eye out would be uh, Sam Howell, uh, Malik Willis from Liberty, Matt Corral. Uh, there's uh, Desmond Ritter. Those are all guys to Carson Strong. Those are all guys to to keep an eye out for. But none of those guys necessarily move the needle for me. And the draft class is is weak, and that's been established already. The draft class for the quarterback position is weak. There's talent in the class. There's the quarterback position. There's a lot of maybe untapped potential per se. And is this coaching staff capable of getting a young guy, grooming him, and potentially making him the franchise quarterback we will have to wait and see and like i said we're picking at 11 that kind of puts us in a spot where we either may have to jump into the top 10 to get our our quarterback or we could see i could also see a scenario where we draft a position of need maybe in the first round maybe a safety a linebacker in the first round and then in the and then we come back into the first round if a quarterback that we like slips into the later portion of the of the first round, like what we did uh, with Montez Sweat. We you know jump back into uh, pick twenty two after we picked at nineteen, and when we drafted Hoskins, we jump back into the first round to get Montez Sweat. I could see that situation where we draft the position that we you know best player available or something like that, and with the first pick at eleven, and then we. We see a guy, we we identify the guy we want. He slipped past where we thought he was going to go. And now he's, you know, at pick 18, he's available. We jump back in and pick him up then. Or we 
uh, you know, pass in the first round altogether and then take a shot at one of the second round QBs. But that's that's where I'm at personally. I want us to go in and get a young guy, even if it's in the second round. And even if we have to go in with Taylor Heineke as our starter next season, just so that he can, you know, you know, every season this happens. There's the team that drafts the young quarterback, and then there's the 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 stopgap guy, the guy who's been in the system, who plays, the, the you know, the the veteran who plays for four or five games, and the rookie gets thrusted into the lineup. Uh, you know, quarterbacks really don't sit behind their starters anymore. We're seeing we, you know, we're seeing it happen right now with Jordan Love. He hasn't looked that great, you know, sitting behind Aaron Rodgers, and we saw. I mean, Mahomes did it. Mahomes looked amazing. You know, we all know how Mahomes turned out after he sat behind Alex Smith. So, I just think that we need to we we need to go into next season with our young quarterback on the roster. I don't care if that guy is the starter week one or if he's number two backing up Heineke, or they bring back Kyle Allen and the the young guys the third on the depth chart. It's just the free agent pool and then the the uh the trade market is just is not going to happen. None of these quarterbacks are going to come to Washington. And the free agent guys you're looking at, you know, Tyler Huntley, you're looking at uh Mariota, you're looking at Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, that that would have been cool last season. You know, last season getting one of those guys you can you kind of get excited for, you know, a bridge quarterback kind of see what they got. Um but now we already saw that experiment with Heineke who knew the system and we we won some games with him, but we lost some games for him. We lost. We he won his games, but he also lost his game. So I think that'll be fine going into the season with uh, a young guy because we need the young guy, and it and that's just what it is. Because we're going through this name change too, this identity change where, excuse me, where we need to have someone at the helm, need to have someone that we can use to project us into this next this next era of Washington football like having a young guy and having the name change that's going to get people excited and it's going to get me excited if we have a young guy where we can say look there's some there's some potential in here it may be untapped maybe we haven't seen it yet but he has all the intangibles of a, of a NFL QB and we can win games with him but he just needs some time to learn the system we see it all the time, you know, with Justin Herbert, who who sat behind uh, Tyrod Taylor, Baker Mayfield sat behind Tyrod Taylor for a couple games, well, for what two games, and these young guys just they sit for a little bit, um, and then they get their opportunity. So, I I think that that's the best way for us to approach it. Me personally, Kenny Pickett's the the best quarterback in the class, in my opinion. Um, there's, for example, someone like Malik Willis, who who has what you you think are the intangibles. But he played at Liberty and didn't go against great competition. And then the one game he did go against good competition was against Ole Miss. And he fell flat against Ole Miss. And Matt Corral actually played well in that game. It was a good game to watch. You know, Matt Corral, Malik Willis, you know, those two potential first-round picks. Um, but like I said, these guys, in, like Sam Howell from UNC, he he has the, he has the arm. He has the, the, the size and stuff. But, you know, his... Um, uh, how do you say his not a decision making, but like his progressions through three defenses and stuff is questionable. Um, but look, for example, someone like Sam Howell, if he slips into the late first round pick or even sec- early second, I could see us getting him. You know, he has some familiarity with Diami Brown. They play together in college. That could be something that they also targeted. So it, it's still such a broad you know, like a broad spectrum of, of who we want. And once, you know, the the draft season approaches and we actually get a chance to sit down and talk to these prospects, we're actually going to be able to, you know, 
you know, pull out who we who we are targeting. There's gonna be two or three guys who our name where our name is gonna be attached to uh, throughout the whole draft process. Um, like for example, in 2019 draft when we drafted Haskins, our name was attached to Daniel Jones, and it was attached to Dwayne Haskins the entire time. Um, so that's just what it, it it is what it is. You know, I think personally we need to go in with a young guy. None of these veteran guys are gonna come here and. And if it is a veteran that comes here, it's not going to be someone that I'm excited for unless we trade for somebody, a.k.a. Watson, Rogers, or Wilson. Those are the only guys that are going to be available. Um, Baker Mayfield is not going to go anywhere. So I just think that that's where we are now. So that's what I think we're going to do this upcoming season. So thank you, Evan, for sending in your question. Appreciate you, bro. Now moving on to some news that you know happened over this past couple weeks. Washington football team starting off their free agent spending spree. I think they're going to be very aggressive in free agency. Year one, we saw them sign a lot of depth pieces. Players like Wes Schweitzer were signed. Cornelius Lucas, they were signed during that during that uh, the initial uh, first year of Ron Rivera and company. Last season, they spent a little bit more money, you know, targeting William Jackson III, William, um, Curtis Samuel. They were signed to three-year deals. And now this season has already started off with us re-signing one player being Charles Leno Jr., who started every game for us at left tackle. He was cut by the Bears last season, and, they, you know, he was a cap casualty for the Bears. And he ended up signing, latching on to our team. We picked him up in free agency, and, look, he, he was solid for us. He gave up, the, gave up a sack that injured Ryan Fitzpatrick, but, I mean, that's just, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, he played super solid and he's a quality lineman there you know some some saying that now uh it was you know it wasn't that great but me personally when you get a solid player like that who can shoot up for you every single game who played played well only being in on, on our team and our blocking scheme for one season is you know really good we signed him to a three-year 37 and a half million dollar extension uh he I think it's a it's a good deal. We're gonna have that position locked down, and only eighteen point five of that thirty seven and a half is guaranteed. So he, it's it's honestly I think it's a value deal considering that he's gonna be with be with us for the foreseeable future, and he's gonna be a staple on this offensive line. We're also looking at looking at the offensive line. That is, we could be losing Brandon Sheriff. He could have played his last game. I think he played his last game with Washington on I guess the Giants this past uh, Sunday. We're gonna you know need to fill that gap in. I just think that right now, re-signing Charles Leno was a solid move, and it, and it's gonna keep some of the. Uh, consistency going into next season and we're not going to have a lot of moving pieces like we did this season with the offensive line look this season we we had a new left tackle we had a new left guard we had a new right tackle with Sam Cosme um, it was a lot of moving pieces and the depth was tested this season amongst the offensive line where there was injuries everywhere amongst the offensive line and the only staple was Charles Leto so uh, PFF, you know, PF, PFF, say what you want about them. They make the rankings. He ranked 20th uh, in wins above replacement. So, you know, and he had a 70 or better pass blocking grade in every every season of since 2016. So he's been solid, and I'm excited that we brought him back. And, it, you look, it's not every day that you can find a starting, a starting left tackle that can play every single game that's going to give you quality snaps week in and week out. Um, so more news, you know, Washington – uh, also got a chance to 
sit down and talk to every player, you know, their uh, end of season press conferences. Some of the players know what the know what the uniforms look like. And they say they look really good. Washington football team is going to be introducing a black alternative jersey, which I'm super excited for. Um, I'm just super excited for us to actually be finally almost over with this whole name change rebranding thing. I think that alone is going to be able to attract some free agents to our team, um, considering that we didn't really have the strongest season, but you know, with a good with a good rollout with the name and stuff, they can they can market it right. It could also not only be marketing to fans, but it could be marketed towards free agents. And hopefully, the players can you know do some recruiting and explain you know th- that this is this is not who we are as a team. We had a lot of ups, we had a lot of da- a lot of downs, but I think that we're still heading in the right direction. And I want to end off today's episode talking about what's been going on around the league. So this happens every season. There's the end of the, you know, week 18, this season, season ends. And the next morning, you know, it's that Monday, coaches get fired and jobs are, jobs get opened up. We saw general manager, general managers quit. I mean, not quit, but get fired. Some general managers retire. Uh, coaches got fired. We saw Mike Zimmer get fired in Minnesota. We saw... Matt Nagy get fired in Chicago, and surprisingly, um, Brian Flores get fired in Miami. And you know, I wasn't um, in the crowd of you know get rid of Ron Rivera, change offensive coordinators, but uh, it's clear to me that these guys, uh, being Ron Rivera, Jack Del Rio, defensive coordinator, and Scott Turner, offensive coordinator, are their jobs are nowhere near on the line. These guys are not going to get replaced. These guys are going to be here next season. And Jack Del Rio was asked too during his exit interview. You know, uh, did he think he was going to be back as defensive coordinator for this team? You know, we had to step back. You know, the media asked him, and he responded that he knew he was going to be back. That wasn't even a question. So, I'm honestly glad that they're they're sticking with it because we need some continuity. Uh, in in for this for this franchise, you know, we every year there's moving pieces and stuff, and I even expect some of the position coaches to to stay to stick around. Even someone like Sam Mills, who's our defensive line coach, who we saw the defensive line regress tremendously this season. I guarantee you, he's going to be back. There may be some assistant coaches getting changed here and there, but do not expect any of any coaching changes amongst for us. We're already going through so much as an organization with this rebranding as a team, uh, going through all the off the field stuff. Um, it's it's already so much that I don't think that releasing or firing one of these uh, coordinators, you know, one of these coaches is the best thing for us right now. What we need is continuity and these players for they're going to fight for these coaches. So don't expect these guys to be going anywhere. Uh, also, and during the exit interviews, Ron Rivera and our general manager, Martin uh, Mayhew, sat down with the media to do a, uh, you know, like a end of season, you know, presser and they were asked you know about the quarterback position and they are speaking what they're they're saying what exactly what i want to hear which is that they have been evaluating that this position for months now martin mayhew said that they've been looking at this position for months now trying to get ahead of it because they know that taylor heineke is not the guy in the, in the future the franchise quarterback is not on this roster right now and they've been analyzing it and they said that that their roster now they were asked how if they're if the roster is in a better position now to go after a free agent or to trade for a quarterback like they tried to do for Stafford, um, is the roster in a better position to do that this year again? And they answered, you know, that it is in a better position that this roster is in a better position than it is than it was last season, and that they are going to be aggressive, and you know whether that's just smoke or you know or if it actually has some some legs behind it is 
you know, remains to be seen. I think that they're still going to be aggressive after the quarterback position and after a lot of positions, honestly. I could see them, you know, going aggressively after a linebacker in free agency, uh, going after more corners, going after maybe even uh, more more safety help if they can't bring back Bobby McCain. Um, there's still a lot of positions of need on this team. So they, in the exit, you know, uh, press, presser, they were asked about that. They were asked... Um, you know, about the name change and stuff like that. And that's just stuff that, you know, they really can't speak on at this, you know, very, very moment. But, you know, this stuff is all going to start materializing very soon. And there's going to be a lot of news to talk about. Like I said, we just re-signed Charles Leno. And there's going to be more signings to come. I wouldn't be surprised that in the coming, you know, coming weeks, we already re-signed J.D. McKissick. We re-signed Bobby McCain. That, that stuff's already in the works. And there's also reports that they're also thinking about bringing back uh, DeAndre Carter, who played a key role in the wide receiver department and played a key role uh, returning kicks and punts. So he's someone that also is getting targeted by this coaching staff to bring back onto this team because, you know, I think that bringing back your own guys is going gonna, is gonna to establish a culture here where if you play good, you're going to get paid. Uh, there are some players, though, that are, you know, probably already out the door. Um, you know, someone like Brandon Sheriff probably isn't going to come back. Uh, maybe someone like Tim Settle, he probably isn't coming back either. He said he he said he's probably gonna get a payday at another team to be a starter somewhere. He's a good backup. So I want to leave that. I want to leave the podcast at that. I just want to thank everyone for an amazing year last year. Uh, I made 13 podcast episodes last last year, 2021, and I'm aiming to make way more than that, more than double the that. Considering that I'm gonna start, you know, right now in January, and we're gonna cover the entire off season, not just the season. So I'm looking at at least double my the podcast episodes. Like I said, we're gonna be doing a free agency preview. Um, all that stuff's gonna come. Um, free agency preview. The draft preview. We're gonna talk about. We're gonna literally dissect what happened during the season. What went wrong. We're gonna give positional grades. We're even gonna do stock. You know what player stock is going up. Stock rising. Stock uh, dropping. Um, we're gonna. It's gonna be packed for everything. And like I said, we're still gonna do the voicemail questions. Today's episode coming in from my friend. It was great. It was a great question, and there's it's just something that's definitely gonna get. We're definitely gonna have to keep talking about. Like I said, we're gonna be regurgitating this information. We're gonna talk and digest everything during this off season because there's still so much to talk about. You know, I want to thank you guys for an amazing year, uh, 2021. I made look 13 episodes. Some of them did. You know, I feel you know were some of my best episodes. Some of them were not 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 so good, but. It is what it is, and we're going to keep grinding, and this this year is going to be even better. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Pound for Pound podcast. I am your host, LB. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed one. It's never pretty, guys. Sometimes it's never good. But the truth of the matter in this game is you take them how they come. Good move by Heineke and out of bounds inside the five. Heineke with protection. Lauren breaks free. Wow, what a pass. Okay, you stuck together. You do things that you needed to do. But there are a lot of things we got to correct, a lot of things we get better at, and that's the truth. What a play. This is the Pound for Pound Podcast.